the number one job in America, the point of person, is someone who doesn't understand the people and really don't give a fuck about the people. So like our team as a, as a country is not ran by a great coach. Must they run their mouths like that? So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. Many claim my line that LeBron should shut up and dribble was racist. Uh, what? I'll tell you something, if you're a white NBA player and you said that stuff that he said about Obama, you'd never play again. I do it because I, I'm passionate about it. I do it because I know that this is bigger than just me personally. I got my peoples in the building as always, man. <laughs> to my left, I got the lovely, the beautiful Ayo Niche. Hey, yo. What's good? Hey, yo, thanks, man. I appreciate you. You know what I'm hey, saying? Yo, Recognizing niche. my beauty. That's nice, man. Like, that's... Black excellence. Black excellence. Okay. It's a new day. Okay. <laughs> Word. You know what I mean? Wakanda forever. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And the gentleman to my right is not as beautiful, but he's still a great guy. <laughs> I've known him. <laughs> I've known him for a lot of years. It's my homeboy, my brother from another. Keith, what's going on, my man? What it is. I'm chilling, man. Wakanda forever, for sure. For sure, forever. Forever, ever? Forever, ever. Girl, scream like I'm Keith. Right off the top. We're going to get right to him. How's everybody doing, man? Everybody good? Family good? We good. We not talking to you, though, because you ain't see the movie yet, bro. Oh, we don't get to that. I don't want my black card revoked, so I I have made plans. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> to go check out Black Panther next week. You know what I mean? So, I'm old school, man. I'm the type of person, like, I don't know. I mean, y'all might be like this with everything. I don't just like to do everything the first week. Like, I don't want to get the phone the first. I'm not that person to get the phone the first week. Or, Except old school. Uh, <laughs> like, what? Old school. <laughs> Ever since 1930, people was getting stuff the first week. If they, if they uh, you know, if it's available. I'm that guy. I'm like, uh, nah, I'll see the movie the week after. You know what I mean? I'll let everybody clear out, do what they do, and I'll go see oh, yeah. it when I, when I could on my time. I ain't with, yeah. I ain't with all the hoopla. Nah, I feel... Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Nah, I feel you on that, too. I just... I, I peep, too, how, like, you know, everyone... It was just kind of like a fad to some people, but, you know what I'm saying? It is important to get there that, that first weekend and that first week to help out with the numbers and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I think about yeah, how many people get in line for fucking Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Like... Y'all better bring you out. I can't do that either. Yo, I've, I can't do that. I've done that one time. <laughs> mm, one time. I could never do that. And I was like 13. No, I think I was 15. <laughs> like, yo, years ago. So. Shout out to people who do that. You know what I mean? I, not me. <laughs> like, but, but shout, you know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do. Um, 
Sneakers are different because it's kind of like, yo, if you miss that week, you know what I'm saying? I guess you missed the whole thing. But yeah, you see it with a lot of things, yeah. man. And then, um, contrarian, you know what I mean? I like to do things on my own time. But uh, speaking of that, how was the movie? Y'all checked out Black Panther? How was the movie? Let me know. Oh, man. Yo. Dope. Yeah. Yo. yo. I'm not even in the, like, I'm not heavy on the Marvel action. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, I do, like, recognize how they took, um you know, just different pieces of, uh, like, if you are uh, if you love Marvel, like, you can find the different stories that they take from other stories, and they come, like, they put pieces of that, they sprinkled that up in um, Black Panther. I thought it was, like, amazing. Like, I recognized some things, you know what I'm saying, from even, like, with some of the characters, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was really dope. Like, mm. and I stayed up. Yeah, definitely. I stayed up the entire time, too. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was oh. interested, you know what I mean? Are you a big sleeper in movies? You yeah, fall asleep a lot. Yeah, yo, an hour, an hour and five minutes. I'm, 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 I'm snoring. It's a wrap for in me. In both the theaters and the crib, huh? Theaters and the crib. Yeah, if I'm sitting, and I do that. I do that at the crib. Yeah, think <laughs> you said I only. Yo, you only keep that indoors. Nah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's a wrap for me. Like, if I, especially if I go to my people's crib and like I'm, you know, I'm familiar with your crib real quick, then. If we sitting down and Knock we chilling, yeah. Yo, and it could be wild early, like random, like 7.30 randomness. I, what? We going to the movies? Especially, you know, you get a little faded. Do y'all, y'all, y'all remember doing that? Drinking in the movie theater? like? Yeah, I'm going to say the last time I fell asleep in the movie theater, I was a little faded. It was it was super long ago. But <laughs> that's when it yeah. That's what happened. Got to watch the movies like that. That's... That's a must. <laughs> you got to. Yo. It's mandatory. Yo. It's like 3D glasses without the glasses. Yo, straight up. Like, I've never, if I'm in a movie theater, just know. Just know I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She said I'm yeah. there. <laughs> me, me and wifey saw the movie. I'm surprised you wanted to see it um, open a weekend. Uh-huh. But we went to go see it on, uh, open a weekend on President's Day. Um, yeah, the movie was dope. I, I'd say, well, Black Panther is its own hero, like, in the Marvel Universe, like, the Black Panther is well-established. Mm-hmm. They have this new iteration of Black Panther comic books. Um, I think Ta-Nehisi wrote, uh, Coates wrote the the story for them, and some other dude illustrated it. And um, so I don't, I'm not even familiar with the Black Panther story, but the movie itself, like you said, some of the tropes of a superhero movie, as far as having that hero that's, like, the savior of a, of a community. And then there's the nemesis who has some kind of like has a, a intimate tie to the superhero. So even though they don't know each other, they're tied together somehow, whether it's some kind of vital resource or mm-hmm. one person has a relationship to the to the community that the superhero is trying to save. So if you think about Lex Luthor and, and Superman or mm-hmm. Batman and, and the Riddle and all this different type of stuff, like they're, they're connected somehow, even though they don't have necessarily have a personal relationship. And sometimes they do. So in Black Panther, there's an element of that. Um, the fact that the all the soldiers, well, all the all, all the more, most elite soldiers were women. Hey. Um. No one. No one had a perm. Hey. You know what I'm saying? She ain't even um, want to wear that weave. You feel me? Spoiler alerts. Yeah. Th- there was one. There was one scene with a wig, but aside from that, no one like had they joint. No she- one had they joint perm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was in just in they they natural glory. Uh, lots of dark skinned people. Yeah, a lot of quotables in there, yo. A lot of quotables, like 
It was real. Like yeah. even when she took the weave off, like what she said, I did she say something about like, yo, um, I don't know how they wear this or something like that. She was ready to take it off her head though. Like Yeah, she, definitely. Like the the stuff like that, just just how rejecting that that um that's that joint. But it's interesting though, because there, there's a lot of black politics in there, there's black nationalism, yep. there's um stuff stuff with uh, like country, the the debate we're having now in real life in the United States, whether we help, or not even just in the United States, countries all around the world, do we help other nations or do we just look out for our own? So not only is it is it nat- like nationalism, nationalism, there's black nationalism also as far as um, black people all around the world, particularly in the United States being, um, you know, injustices, injustices happening against them. So... A dope movie. Definitely recommend seeing ASAP. Really important for the culture. Like it was just, just all around dopeness. And just some of my favorite actors in there too. Yeah. Um, the homegirl from The Walking Dead was in there. The one who played the general for uh, oh, T'Challa's that was, army. That was her. Yeah, and she also played Afeni Shakur in the Tupac movie, in the latest Tupac movie. Wow, I didn't even peep that. That was yeah. home, homegirl that had the swords, right? Yeah. Yo, that's um. She plays Michonne, Michonne in, in The yes. Walking Dead. I just yeah. Hit you with so the black she girl, was in yes. it. Um, <laughs> T'Challa's <laughs> you, younger sister. You heard it play? <laughs> yes. Like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T'Challa's younger sister is um. I think she's, the first time I seen her was in Top Boy. Um. And also, by the way, she's Guyanese. I'm I'm of Guyanese heritage, so Uh-oh. shout out to her. Blup, blup, blup. Of course, Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know, a.k.a. Wallace. Yeah, man, it, it was just... Huh? Said Young Wallace? Young Wallace. Yeah, it was It was just a big movie, man. Just It was just... It, it, it is a big as movie. As far as, like, the acting goes, or not the acting, but, like, the... Oh, I'm, I'm wildin'. Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, damn, they forgot about them. But as far as like just putting together yeah. uh, uh, such a, a blockbuster cast of African Americans, it reminds me of like, um, like I could imagine people feeling that way when they first saw Harlem Nights and they saw Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, Della Reese, and all these different people on the same screen. So definitely Black Panther, go see it. Yeah. Black excellence, man. Uh, and it's it's killing in the box office. It's broken a ton of records. Uh, it is actually the fifth largest uh, movie opening of all time. Not for a Marvel film, for all movies. The fifth largest uh, of all time. Um, it's the new record holder for a February opening weekend mm-hmm. at 202 million. Uh, largest winter season opening, 202 million. Largest President's Day weekend opening. And uh, the largest Thursday preview. So, because uh, it came out on Thursday in a four day weekend, yeah. so it took that from uh, it took all those honors actually from Deadpool. Wow, um, yeah, I got a question for you. I just... superhero flip. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, my fault. Keep, keep reading the accolades, let us shine. I'm with it. It's the second highest grossing um film in, in the Marvel universe. Fire. Um, it's has the best Rotten Tomato score of any Marvel uh film or any superhero film ever. <laughs> actually, he's got a certified fresh 97%. Um, and it's actually the biggest debut for a black director and the biggest global debut for a predominantly black cast, knocking the uh straight out of Compton off the top of the pedestal with that one. So it is doing great things out there. So I have a question for y'all. Do you consider well play you haven't uh 
we haven't seen it quite yet but like um keith would you consider this a black film or a film with black actors deep um well it's a film it's both but i mean mostly it's a film with black actors i think you know there's clearly it's a special film because it's there's such a, a large black cast you know what i'm saying as far as the percentage of of, of lead leading actors who who are african-american well actually they're not a lot of them aren't even african-american but a lot of them such a large black cast so that's the thing, but it's it's not a black film, you know what I'm saying? Aside from the fact that it it takes place in a, a mythical African country. What makes but, something um, a black film to you guys? Huh? What what would make what would make a film a black film? Medea. <laughs> All the Medea. <laughs> you mean you mean really capturing black culture? You mean? Oh, like. Oh, a... so you feel? I mean, well, I'm asking. You said Medea, so I'm wondering if 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 Medea is one because it captures. A certain like when I like like I I, I I would think Juice back in the day like that's definitely a black movie you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. but it's also a good movie with black people in it you know what I'm saying the story well what do you mean by black movie because so, I, I I could answer the answer the question about Black Panther as long if I could align myself with what you define to be a black movie okay so like when I mean like a black movie like you know how um like I apply it to myself like some people would be like. Yo, she's a good DJ for a girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, so looking at black film being like, you know, really boxing it in, not necessarily contributing greatly to the black culture being a strong black film. You know what I mean? But like, as saying, oh well, you know, it's just a. You see what I'm trying in, to say? In that respect. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet, but to answer your question, I would say, um, the only but, thing that makes it different than from uh. I guess, quote-unquote, black films in the past is that it's science fiction, so to speak. It's a, a universe that doesn't exist within, like, real life. So it's like as if you did Star Wars with the all-black cast. You know what I mean? That's something that we don't see all the time. You know what I mean? Well, uh, quick question. Or, what is it about Juice that makes it a, a black film? Um, the, the same thing I would say that makes Black Panther a black cast. It um deals with culture within the black community. Um, like Black gotcha. film isn't a bad thing to me. I think that's... That's just a great, it's just we have our own genre that you don't necessarily look at something and say this is a white film, but you can watch a movie and be like, yo, that movie's white as hell. You know Man. what I'm saying? So it's just like, they're all films, they're all great, it's just what what culture they, they choose to show in the in the, in the the film. And I think for anyone to be like, well, this movie's that from that culture and this movie's from this culture, I'm not going to watch it. You're, you're doing yourself a disservice, you know what I mean? Um and what I what I what I do like what Black Panther's doing, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but what I do like, what I could just see is doing is it's opening up a world to us where we don't necessarily, um, we're not boxed in to, to having movies about the ghetto, having yeah. movies about the struggle, having movies about the hip-hop career. We're, now we have a whole science fiction that we can make uh, within ourselves. And we, we didn't need permission to do that before, but now it's like we have the green light. We see that it it's actually profitable. It works. So, you know what I mean? Like, now let's do it without the push from Marvel. Now let's do it, you know what I'm saying, without something else. But... um. No, I think it, it's 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 it opens up a great door. It's like what Insecure kind of did for like female comedy. You know what I'm saying? I can name a ton of shows with with white female leads that are hilarious, but not that many with black female leads. And it's just I feel like Insecure just opens up a new place now. Um, with that, is the same thing that Black Panther is gonna gonna do for films. Gotcha. Black, you know? So as to your question, is it a black film? I guess so. But um, they're te- they're telling a common, a fairly common story. Yeah. 
but using black culture as like a a lens or a device to move to I guess develop characters and develop this plot. So I guess in that respect, it's a black film because of how important to the plot and the characters the that black culture is. So, so um, I guess to your definition, yeah. It's like Moonlight. Now, on the other hand, by your definition, how I would look at it, like Moonlight, uh, uh, a film with, I think, pretty much like an all-black cast, Mm -hmm. that movie, by your definition, I wouldn't call a black film. You know what I'm saying? So because it has a black cast, it's not because uh, Black Panther has a black cast. I would say because of how they use black culture in Black Panther. That's why, but that's what makes it a black film. And I and I was just saying, as far as like uh, even with using the Medea reference as like a, like the genre or pretty much the the stigma that they put on saying black film, like yo, that's just a black movie. You know what I mean? Like you know, I mean, I've I've heard it. I mean, how many times do you hear about Medea being just a black movie? You know what I mean? Like. But look at the numbers Medea does. Look at the numbers that Insecure do. It couldn't possibly just be black people watching it. Yeah. Well, Insecure, you know I mean? yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it is a black show. It's, there's jokes in there that black people are going to get. And if I had like a white girlfriend or something like that, I might have to explain, you know, why that's not Man. terrible what they just said. You know what I mean? But um, the, it's obvious, by, like I said, just based off the numbers that more than just black people are watching the show. Yeah. So it's like, it can be a black show. It can be something like that. But it doesn't mean... It's not enjoyable to other races. I, I I like watching Modern Family. That show is not the blackest show on earth. I don't even I can't even name too many black characters that they have on that show. You know what I mean? But it it, it it's uh, you know what I'm saying. It, it doesn't take away from the experience at all. Same thing with The Office. Nobody would look at that and say you know that's a black show. And that's one of the funniest shows. You know what I'm saying? I, I I've seen so. Man. It's it's like I said. You, people could box themselves in, and there's always going to be certain things like you might go watch a. Uh, a romantic comedy with a white cast and and you know what i mean they they have no problem making dick jokes yeah and you know what i'm saying like the, the male characters and you know what i'm saying As a, you don't really see that in the black community like you know what i'm saying you ain't gonna see a bunch of black dudes just making dick jokes walking down the street but it's just like so they might look at it I, I hang out with white people i've been around them so you know what i'm saying i i understand i've you know, studied them <laughs> in their natural habitat <laughs> Dick jokes is something that happens. You just secure, of course. So it's just like you know, what I mean, that's it, you're gonna always watch a film and be like, all right, well, I don't necessarily bang with 100 percent of that, but you could still get it. You know, it's not gonna take away from the storyline. So yeah. I think that's a great door that uh, just even a great realm of discussion that Black Panther has opened up for us. Man. Um. Also, you know, what I'm saying let's get right into it to America's favorite segment, sweeping the nation. It's called Have You Heard. Click a read the article, maybe see something on the news, brings it to the table to uh, AOD and the homeboy Keith. So first thing I want to know, have you heard? <laughs> I ain't even gonna say the All Star Game. I want to <laughs> know if you heard the national anthem oh. before the All Star Game. Oh. Have you heard that? Oh, man. It sounds like Niche heard it. They, they gonna hear it. That's, we putting that joint at the beginning of this podcast. Fire. <laughs> The, nah. Shout out to Fergie. Yeah, Just give everybody, the, oh, sorry, the audience some background information. Uh, Fergie uh, was chosen by the NBA to sing the national anthem at the um, NBA All Star Game uh, last weekend, last Sunday. Um, and she decided to make her own little rendition of it. You know what I mean? Sometimes people put a twist on it. Marvin Gaye, Roseanne Barr, Carl Lewis. <laughs> you know what I mean? People just put a little twist on it. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? It was, 
most times it does not go well, and in Fergie's case, it did not go. Whose man's that is great. that, yo? So what did y'all think about it? Whose man's is that? <laughs> like, who, like, did... she did, she, I don't know, I feel like we can't even be as mad at Fergie because there's people around her that let her, like, she had to be said... doing this, imp- it had to be done in practice too, right? Like, come on, fam. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> like, Adam, Adam Silva of the NBA definitely sat in on rehearsal and was like, that, that might work. Yo, like, <laughs> <Might> work. <laughs> who who co-signed this? Like, she been practicing. Like, this ain't just some shit that you get called the night before. You know what I mean? Like, you pretty much you know. You know, you know what yeah, I will that's, say though. That's what the I big question: say, Who co-signed it? Yeah. About about rehearsals and stuff like that. Um, I heard a couple of the celebrity people involved with All Star Saturday Night and the Rookie Game just say like, "Yo, there's no like meeting ahead of time. You pretty much show up to the venue and they're like, hey, right, you're gonna be judging this. You're gonna be doing that. You know what I'm saying? So." It's possible that she might have just slipped through the cracks, and they're like, "All right, well, she she did sound check, you know what I'm saying? She showed up, she did what she's supposed to do." Yeah, but she Nobody rehearsed came and told it, us anything. like on her own, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like she, <laughs> she I'm not playback. saying she, yeah, she didn't rehearse there at All Star in the building. She probably had one sound check, if that. Maybe she didn't. And let's say mm-hmm. she didn't have sound check, no doubt. Either way, you've been rehearsing it at your own venue, like you know what I'm saying, at your own spot, like. You don't just get up there like, you know how <laughs> in churches they be like, you know what? Before the pastor get up, they always pick one person to sing real quick sometimes. And that person be getting up and they be like, y'all pray for me. I ain't been feeling too well. That's the setup. You know what I mean? You got to kill the shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you about to murder the shit. Like, you know? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I haven't, I haven't been to church in a while. Just just to make y'all understand. You saying they pick random people nah, like, to have to sing a song? They, they usually pick like the, the same person to sing the song. It's the go-to person. It's usually the person that can really oh, blow. Like, you know what I mean? So when they... But they having, they having a bad week. Nah, yeah. usually, they, <laughs> usually they good. Like, they always say the same thing every week. Like, y'all pray for me. Uh-huh. I ain't been feeling too well. And then, and then murder it. <laughs> like... Y'all keep, yeah. yo, like, come on. So this, that's the setup, man. Like, come on, like. Well, yeah. well Keith, go ahead. My fault. Go ahead, Keith. You heard? Have um, you heard it? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I heard it. I was watching the All Star game, I was, uh, and I, it's funny. I just got to the TV right when Fergie was starting, and uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Wow, it was bad, <laughs> but you know what? I, I felt bad for her because in her head somewhere she was thinking that yo, I have to top Whitney Houston. When you think of some of the best performances in history, like I got to top Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Marvin Gaye. Like, I feel like in her head, she was trying to do that. And unfortunately, the, the poor lady, she fell to the ranks of Carl, uh, Carl Lewis and Roseanne Barr. Like, that's insane. You know what I'm saying? Yo, a comedian is track star, kid. This is Fergie for the stars. Yeah, but let's think about Fergie's body of work. That's what I was going to say. Like, what have y'all heard from Fergie Yo. to make you think that she could sing the national anthem? Like, Yo. real old, musically inclined. What what have y'all heard from but Fergie see, to make you choose her? Here was the alley-oop. Because remember, she was doing the, um, she was just on the big show, which got bigger toward the end, like, of the season. But um, she was the host. The big show? On the four. Of what? Um, Diddy, Diddy Khaled, and all that. Oh, she, she was on that? She was on yeah, that? She oh, was she's the, the host? See, you know what I'm saying? So they, it was like the setup with that shit. But either way... Like yo, she fucked the alley. You know this though, like, she the host. She yeah, the host, she, but she not the judge. <laughs> she definitely <laughs> not. She's in no position to judge, man. Like, fam, who? And I like Fergie's it, music. Man. I like yeah. I like Fergalicious. I like <laughs> Humps. You know what I'm saying? I, I like big girls don't cry. Like... Oh, oh, yeah. Fergie's tough. Fergie got some joints. Like she is a 
musician of sorts, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? Like, she's not the woman that I would think would just, hey, come kill the national anthem. And that, that, But not to say nothing, when I heard that she was going to do it, it's not like I was like, why Fergie? You know what I'm saying? That wasn't yeah. my first reaction. So I guess everyone had to like, okay. she couldn't do it. He was like, okay, Fergie. But my thing is yeah. this, though. <laughs> like, you, you think about it. Like, who else would y'all have wanted to hear besides Fergie? Like, if you could pick. Now, that's easy. Uh, Alicia Keys, uh, Lil Romeo. Um, <laughs> you said Lil Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, uh, that's why I the, asked, the, man. The, the light-skinned girl from 3LW. Like, yeah, it's easy, man. This cat. Anybody could have done that shit. <laughs> Word up. But for real, you could have chose a, a local. First of all, it was in L.A., <laughs> you could have chose anybody, but second of all, like you could have just chose some local person that nobody knew. It's the national anthem. Nobody's that crazy about it. You know what I'm saying? To be like, oh, well, you didn't get a celebrity to sing it. If, if someone could sing it, they got a nice voice. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. Now, I don't think you should have apologized. That's what I was That's about to say. Like, say. Why like, apologize? <laughs> like, like You did not... First of all, this, this disrespecting the anthem and respecting the anthem, I think people are victims of the moment. Because I'm sure before this whole uh, protest, peaceful protest anthem in the NFL and all that, I remember seeing a lot of people sitting around talking, wearing their hats, having conversations on their cell phone during national anthem. So everyone that wants to be super patriotic in the moment tell Fergie she can't try a rendition of it. Like, come on. She ain't the first person to do that. She ain't disrespect nothing. So I don't know why she apologized. You, you like, know what she happened? She owned it. She ain't have her earplugs in. Twitter. That's what happened. So her range probably was she all. The... <laughs> all Didn't Twenty One Savage? Twenty One Savage performed uh, performed that at All Star Game. No, sorry, uh, NBA game in like Atlanta or something like that. And he sounded terrible too. And I was wondering, like, could he just not hear himself? Yeah, you know sometimes I mean? you so can't hear I, yourself. Yeah, he was totally. He sounded like he didn't write the song. Like someone else wrote the song for him. <laughs> he was trying to keep like, up. Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> so he sound like karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, let's move on. Uh, did y'all see the, the game? Anybody saw the All Star game? Y'all oh yeah. You think it, you think it was better this year than the other years, Keith? Uh, the first three quarters was the, pretty much the same, mm-hmm. and the la- the first uh, two and a half quarters were the were the same. Then you know, getting later into the third quarter, they actually started balling. Then like the second half of the fourth quarter, they really they really started competing. Yeah. Of course, they don't want to get hurt and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it, it was just a good game all in all. I think it was a good idea to just mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. and actually give them, put more stakes on the table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as whoever wins, they get, a, you know, they donate to a charity of their choice. I think they're paying the, the winner more money this year. All yeah, $100,000 so compared right. to thirty from the losing team. Uh, which you know, I mean, these guys are multimillionaires, but that's a ton of money that they could donate to somebody or give Man. somebody, so or even gamble on the trip home, like whatever, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, I think it was definitely more uh, competitive. They they found a great way to to step it up a little bit. Um, the entire All Star weekend, like All Star Saturday night, it was it had its moments. You know what I'm saying? Um, I noticed like a lot of people hating on Khaled. He was uh, what's it called? Judging the slam dunk contest. <laughs> And I don't know. I just felt like I heard like uh, like multiple people, and I'm like, I didn't see nothing that he did that was wrong. Like he was, some people didn't like his scores. I'm like, Chris Rock was on, was on that panel. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, like it's not they're not basketball experts either. So I, I felt like Khaled is just like the easy target nowadays, and it's crazy how people love you, and then like 
once you start getting big, it's like you're the, you're the quickest thing to hate. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, I heard NERD was I. Right. I heard mixed reviews. Um, I don't know how people felt about the halftime show. How you guys felt about it? But yeah, I heard mixed reviews about it. I ain't, I'm a fan of NERD, so I didn't watch it. Oh, did they perform the joint with Rihanna? Ooh. Yeah, I don't no, think she, uh, they I don't, did. They did perform it, but Rihanna wasn't there. Yeah, there's two versions of the song. There's one without her and one with her. So. No, yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, but, so that too. You know, you gotta. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I thought they would. I was like, oh, are they going to go for it? But you have to remember, it's the All-Star game. Yeah, I don't feel like big artists really want to go out for the All-Star game. Like, it's not like paying Super Bowl money. So Exactly. It's good. It's like press, but I mean, you know, because NERD got, got the project out and all that type of stuff. But it, it was definitely dope, though. It was yeah. definitely, 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 definitely dope. It was, it was a good performance. I mean, I think people probably hated on it because we're just coming off of the Super Bowl. So hated on people hated on that too, like Justin. Well, exactly. it's, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like I I feel like with NBA All Stars too, it's like uh, Beyonce and and Destiny Child got booed in Philly. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's kid or miss. You know what I mean? Like they don't. So some people are like, nah, I ain't going out there. I don't know that crowd. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they into. You know what I'm saying? And that's why like they try to switch it up every year. And it's always some like wild. Uh, like they had John Legend, I think, the year before, and that was kind of weird too. Yeah. Um, you know what I would have did? What? If it if yeah, I was Fergie, I would have been like, "Yo, let me just try it one more time." <laughs> I would have tried to hop on the halftime show to redeem myself. <laughs> 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 I would have set in NERD up like, "Yo, listen," and I would have came out again like and tried to remix my own shit again like. <laughs> just be like, "Wait, wait, wait, one more time, reset, reset, y'all." No, nah, that's that. Fr- Those are just jokes. From the top, let me do the real one now. <laughs> but nah, yeah. Um, but, shout out um, to Fergie. It's all good. Yeah. And the, the thing about it, Fergie, you probably got way more press from doing it bad than if you would have done it regular because nobody would have remembered you. You know what I mean? And that's a weird thing about our society yeah. nowadays. <laughs> but, yeah, if you could get the headline, I guess, you know what I'm saying, it's it's considered a win even when it's a loss. So. Well, it's a win for her because she's not in music really anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people are going to – people – this bad press might call it, get people to watch the show she's on. Yeah. If she's still deeply in music, I think it would hurt her. It's kind of like um, Millie Vanilli and then uh, think who was it that li- lip sank on on SNL or something like that, like Miley Cyrus one of them. Okay. Mm. Yeah, like it hurt them. Mariah Carey gets gets flack for her singing nowadays. Or yeah, the New Year's singing. joint. Oh yeah, yeah, but Mariah Carey, like she that her voice is gone though. Yeah, her voice is. She drank too much alcohol and smoked cigarettes. Or that's what yo. That's voice can't do what it used to. That's do. what they be saying, but you know, I. But there's been times too after that where she was like on, you know. So mm-hmm. everyone has their days, you know. Yeah, it's rough. There's a there's a, a rise and a fall. You know? <laughs> that's the beauty of it. <laughs> um, LeBron got the MVP from the All Star game, which was um pretty dope. Cause I don't know, have y'all heard? But uh, over that All Star weekend, Laura Ingram, a Fox News reporter. Um, had some unkind comments towards LeBron and uh, Kevin Durant. Um, they were doing a promotion for LeBron's company, Un- Uninterrupted, in a conjunction with Uber, called Riding with the Champion, hosted by Kerry Champion, where NBA uh, people, celebrities, different um, sorry, different celebrities ride in the Uber with Kerry Champion driving while doing an interview, which is you know kind of uh, uh, it's kind of like they stole that concept from so many other things, but it's still unique in its own way. Um. And I like I like what they do with that because it, it allows you to, you know, 
something about just riding in the back of a taxi, I think, just makes people open up. HBO, I think, used to have a show about that or whatever. Yeah, uh, Taxi Cab well, yeah, yeah. Confessions. That mm-hmm. joint was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think that, it's that, that same. That was a little bit more raunchy. Yeah, but that was. Yeah, yeah. That got real names. But it was the same got, effect. Uh, something about being in a cab. I think people, like, even I rode in an Uber before, and something about I'm just talking to a stranger that I'm trusting with my life, honestly, because they're driving the car. And it's just, I don't know, you open up to them for some odd reason. So it's a, it's a, a smart concept. Like sitting um, at the bar, oh, talking to the bartender. You. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld does it with the coffee show, uh, riding in cars and drinking comedians, coffee. Comedians and car, cars getting coffee or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You got the dude car karaoke. You have yep, uh, Van, yep. Van Jones got a new show where he rides in the van because his name is Van Jones. Oh, does he really? <laughs> yeah, he rides around in the van with people of... um of different opinions or different viewpoints and they have okay. him chatted out while he's driving a van that's cool that's a, yeah it's a unique i don't know if you guys remember the i want to say the first or second episode of the Chappelle show he had uh most deaf rapping a verse while driving it was kind of they had like a dollar cab feel to it it was a pretty dope uh concept so yeah, anything yeah, you know what i'm saying he's done it yeah it's, it's a True smart detective. concept yeah it's, it's you know it allows you to uh, open up. And um, the cool thing about this episode was it was LeBron and KD. So they were talking about just their whole views on being all-stars, um, their different responsibilities. And um, a big thing they spoke on was President Trump, their disapproval of him. Um, just uh, they were opening up, you know what I mean? And that's nothing new. LeBron has definitely opened up about uh, those comments before. Um he, uh, sorry, the, the president before making comments about just how he doesn't approve of what he's doing. He's not proud to call him as president, things like that. Um, a comment that he said in this 17-minute interview was, uh, the number one job in America, the appointed person is someone who doesn't understand the people. Um, he called that laughable and scary at the same time. Um, he, made, he made other comments, too. If you check it out, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good uh, interview. But Laura Ingram of Fox News decided that she wanted to, uh, you know, just have moments on her show, The Ingram and uh, Engel, and said she wanted to talk about Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Yeah. Um, she had a big quote from it, but one of the things uh, was that she said was, she called it barely in- intelligible, um, ungrammatical, um, but one of the big quotes that everyone took from it was, it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Keep the political comments to yourself. Shut up and dribble. Um, I also remember off the top of my head to her saying things like, uh, nobody voted for you. Um, they voted for Trump to be their coach. Um, something like you shouldn't. This is what happens when you try to leave high school a year early, which you don't really leave high school a year early. So I don't know where she came from with that, but <laughs> he's. Uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming dumb. she meant this. Is what happens when you when you go straight to the NBA? Yeah. Um, Say he can't rather than go to college. Like, come on, man! Like, and, and LeBron isn't the most articulate person on on earth, but he's he's definitely. Can, sounds intelligent when he talks, you know what I mean? Because uh, based on the content of what he's saying, so he's. She she. I don't know. I just, it's the, it was just. Way. Yeah, and and the first thing that she says actually was, "Must they run their mouth like this?" Which I think is a very telling oh, comment. Wow. Um, <laughs> in general, yeah, must they run their mouth like this? But uh, I'll let y'all talk about it, and I'll get my opinion nah. on it. But just have y'all heard, and just how how do y'all feel about it? Start with you, Nish. Yo, we need to let her go, man. Like. What's real is there's a lot of Keith, start it up, man. Let me just Yo, that that shit got me tight. Like that's that's foul. She needs to lose her job yeah, off that. Uh, no, she's not gonna lose her job. But however, I think especially in politics, what really wins the day is these cultural wars. 
and her 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 base of supporters or her core audience they eat that stuff up whether they agree with it they can grow to agree with it by the time she's done right so launching an attack against black athletes who to some extent politically tend to be on, on the left side of things left of center generally it's just so easy like they, it's just you know one they're black they're rich they're elite um it's just so easy to, to launch an attack against them. But Laura, Laura Ingram is, is attacking, I think, uh, Stephen A. Smith, he, he made some points to, the, to this point. She, he, she's attacking something that she, in other respects, supports. So she's accusing uh, Kevin Durant and LeBron James of being dilettantes. But the president's the biggest dilettante of all. He was a reality TV show host. He went into politics and she didn't say shut up and go back to reality TV. That's that's a quote from from Stephen A. But when yeah. we think of they're always attacking these quote unquote elites or leftists or liberals or Democrats for being elite and attacking the you know the average Joe. But now you have the average Joe here, guys who one one chose not to go to college, another one, both of them from from disadvantaged backgrounds. One Katie went to college. To but he left early. Yeah, Katie. one cho- uh, chose to forego college. The other one uh, went to college, and then went to the NBA, left early, went to the NBA. They're regular Joes who made it, who worked their way up. And these are the people she's attacking, you know what I'm saying? So now she chooses to attack a guy for, not, for, for being plain spoken, for, for choosing not to complete, a, um, both of them not to com- complete gra- um, bachelor's degrees. Is they're basically just being selective with who they want to attack and feed into the culture war. Hey, man. Like... And... and okay, Nishka. No, no, I was just going to say, it's it's kind of... It's like she would prefer that, you know what I'm saying, they be out here doing some whole other dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you had LeBron James out here getting caught up in some some other whole sex drug scandal whatever then you know what i mean then she would say oh well his his voice doesn't matter because he this is what he does this is who he portrays but when you look at him he's he's polished whether he didn't whether he finished his complete education uh you know what i'm saying graduating and all that or moving on to college whatever whatever he did with his education was his education but like look at his like the way he's giving back you know what i mean like look what he does for his community like he speaks for a selective amount of people too, you know what I mean? Like who all have voices. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yo, you, you tried to dumb them down. Like, you know, Michael, Michael, Michael Che, the comedian in his stand up special, he was saying that he grew up in New York all his life. He works in New York now. In all those years, there was never like a playground or something named after Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump didn't give his money to, to stuff. Like he didn't support mm-hmm. the community, but now he's president. Exactly, yeah. LeBron James gives, and Kevin Durant gives loads and loads and loads of money to people who who are disadvantaged. Like, it's insane. But even, I think, not even to make it a LeBron does this, Trump doesn't do that type of situation. Because I think what Nish said first was that how it makes her angry. 
people let their emotions kind of uh, dictate the conversation, and that's what distracts us. You know what yeah, I mean? It's man. like when someone says Black Lives Matter, and then someone responds with All Lives Matter. It's like I, I agree with you. All lives do matter. That's not the conversation we're having right now, yeah. and that's just a way a way to distract people. Um, so I'll I'll take the race take the race completely out of Laura's comment. Let's say this woman's one hundred percent not racist. Um, she's judging them based on God given abilities, and they're they're height pretty much. You know what I'm saying? These people mm-hmm. are the one percent of the world in terms of athletic ability. So that's that's a reason why they shouldn't have a political opinion. Like that makes zero sense. You want to use the college thing against them? How LeBron didn't go to college? The college system isn't set up uh, to favor a, a a basketball player. It's used to exploit it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're making money off of you rather than you making money off of yourself. Um, in any other field, if that was tennis, if that was a, a person who played a, viol- a violin player, sorry, a, um, a, a pianist, they would be like applauded for going on and, be- and starting their professional careers without having a yo. That's wait a that's a real fact. College. That's a real fact. And so her her whole her whole argument was was like, hey, you know what? You guys don't like someone that I like, so now I'm going to try to insult you. And that's that's shows it's it's – I don't want to use the term ignorance. I don't even want to use say something negative about it, but that just shows that shows she's not ready at. to even have that conversation. Man, yeah, like, she's not even ready to have that conversation. Like, if because they don't like someone that you like, yeah. you don't have to insult that person. You can disagree with still being respectful to that person. But you she, know what she I mean? doesn't um, – I feel like she speaks for more people than just herself. There's mad people who feel and who talk like her. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this this to me is big within, like, showing where we're still at as, like, a whole. You know what I mean? That she even feels like she can say that on air. You know what I mean? Like, she should, that, nah, nah. Something. Well, what she said was, it was a, a it has. Comfortable, man. T- tinges, it has tinges and sprinkles and just. Uh, uh, icing and covering of thuggishness. You know what I'm saying? Like she, she beat up on them because they said something critical of someone, like you said, someone she likes. And I don't know that they have her and Donald Trump have a personal relationship like that. Either way, like that's our president. Like that's not. You know what I'm saying? Like people should be able to talk about their president. Furthermore, she didn't even didn't, didn't even attack their argument. She attacked who they were. Mm-hmm. Like literally a personal attack. Like she didn't even get in. To why whatever they said was legitimate or, or or illegitimate, she said she was talking about who they were. The, you know, uh, LeBron didn't finish high school and all this different type of stuff, like personal attacks before she went into too. discourse. So the the thing too is, is like I said, she yeah, she basically went after their God given uh, abilities and what they were given. You know, what I'm saying from birth. But the the thing is, right? Your your opinion. Your opinion doesn't shouldn't be based off of where you come from. It's like either you have an opinion or you don't. Whether I think your opinion makes sense or it doesn't, someone could look at her and say, "Ma'am, the reason you have a show is because you're attractive." There are millions of women out there that that probably have more credentials than you to do to do what you do. But you know what I mean? That's part of the reason why you're giving. And no one's looking at you and saying, "Hey, let's go back to a time when you weren't allowed to have an opinion." Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So. But but it's hard for people to to look at themselves in that in their own mirror before they want to point the finger at somebody else. Um, and just just real quick, LeBron did respond um, to what she said. Um, he said, "We definitely will not shut up and dribble. I definitely will not do that. I mean too much to society. I mean too much to the youth. I mean too much to so many kids that feel like they don't have a way out and they need someone to help lead them out of the situation they're in." Word. Um, and, and you shouldn't. And what I like about that is he did not insult her. He didn't feel ah, like the need took to the say. High road. Exactly, because you know what? People stop listening once you start doing that. Uh huh. It she changed her tone. 
really quick. You know, what I mean, she came out quickly to say, "Well, my comments were racist," which, like I said, it, it, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. That's that's based. She, only she really knows the answer to that. Um, but then she wants to say, "Well, come on my show. I want to invite King James on my show." Like, Aww. seriously, you didn't you didn't sound like you wanted to have a a, a, a conversation with him before based on his. His, his ability to play basketball to tell him to shut up and dribble. So would y'all, but now you want to use him? Yeah, would y'all Sorry, go? go no, no. Would you go if it was you? If you were LeBron, or either way, do you think LeBron should go be on the show? No, because the way the media works is she's profiting off of insulting him because she's gonna LeBron James going on any television show is gonna be a huge draw for advertisers. They're gonna use the fact that he's gonna be on their show to sell more advertising at a higher rate you know what i mean yeah. so they're making money on a premium it's the reason why jay-z demands to get paid to be on your cover you know what i'm saying where most people are just happy to be on your cover for the exposure jay-z's like no you're gonna give me a check a check from this you know what i'm saying so it's just like no i wouldn't because lebron james could have that same if she wants to have a back and forth they could have a back and forth without him being on her television show he's lebron james but his comments are going to reach her you know what i mean and that's the other thing that i think pissed her off a little bit really the fact that for whatever her opinion of him is my man could send out a tweet and it's going to be get 20 times more attention than anything she could say. And that, I think, makes her nervous. That that makes her scared yeah. for him to have an opinion that differs from hers. Mm-hmm. Because, and and that power she could have just came influence. out and said that. You know what I mean? There's yeah. power. But yeah, she, she, power. She, she, she expressed it basically through her comments. Through the, You hear the fear in her comments. You hear the, the disdain in her comments that he has that much of a draw on media that literally non-sports news broadcasts are going to be focused on his decision of where he wants to play next next year you know what i mean so that that doesn't sit well with her Meh. and just i just think if i could give advice to anybody out there listening if your opinion differs from somebody else and like i said the reason that we came in and just had this conversation none of us sat here and roasted laura ingram none of us came out here and insulted her because that's not moving the conversation anywhere in fact that's using her distraction to get us off course I think it, whenever you have an opinion different from somebody, sit there and have a conversation with them. You don't have to insult them. You don't have to. You don't even have to get upset that they feel different than you. Just right. at the end of the day, you guys are gonna walk away and go back to your own worlds anyway. You know what I'm saying? But but be able to at least at the end of the day have respectful conversation. Yeah, and talk and talk when you can collect your thoughts. Like that's how I get down. You see, when we start talking about it, I'm like, nah, go ahead, Keith. Like, cause you you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's cool to get angry. It's okay. Like those are different emotions. You know what I'm saying? But it's how we react. You know what I mean? To those emotions. So, like you said, it's good to have good conversation. Like we do here at the Perfect Talk Podcast. Hey, plug. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Episode 24. <laughs> what, what I like too, though, and I'm glad that you did that, Nish, because we're recording a podcast. This is going to be on the internet. This is going to be in existence for, for who knows how long. Yeah. And what I think lo- people that are on TV, people who are on, are on radio, don't realize they get comfortable on that mic. Yeah. And it's like they let the... They, they start speaking without a filter. And you always, like you said, you, you took a second. You could have came out and just started all types of random, yeah. reckless stuff. But you took a second to like, all right, let me gather my thoughts and let me, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it came out in a respectful manner. You don't have to necessarily beat someone's disrespect with disrespect. That's how I feel. Yeah, no, nah, that's a fact. Why fight fire with fire, we, you know? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not moving us anywhere forward. But um, also, have you heard... Uh, it's possible that <laughs> my fault had to hit you with my Fergie real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I might have to cut that up and make that a drop. Um, <laughs> have you heard uh, our, our friend of the show? Uh, I think we're all, you know, what I mean, in, in in support of Meek Mill. 
around here. Um, even if we're not fans of his music, fan, we're just in support of what he's going through and hopefully him getting out of prison. And there's good yeah. news on that front. Um, he, his lawyers have actually filed an appeal uh, based on new findings that the cop that originally um, arrested him uh, has been found to be a dirty cop. Uh, his credibility has been questioned. And so I guess a lot of you know his former cases are now um, doing appeals to try to get him out of here. Um, so they're in the process of, of doing that right now. But the officer's name was uh, Reginald Graham, um, and he's been found on the district attorney's list to be a, a suspect police officer um, who could not be considered con a credible witness. And he's actually the only witness that testified in Meeks Mill original 2008 case. So um, hopefully, you know what I mean, keep our fingers crossed, keep our prayers. But uh, that's good news for Meek, you know what I mean? It just it yeah. just shows the criminal justice system in general. I, I, I've known uh, Keith has uh, spent some time looking into the criminal justice system and just some of the uh, discrepancies that you see with, with race going on there. And it just shows you, like, how one, one crooked cog in that system could mess everything up you know what i mean the cop being crooked how many people did he lock up how many people That's were taken fact. away from their families for years at a time you know what i mean because this this guy was a criminal with power you know what i mean how you feel about that keith yeah well, the, the the appeal the appeal is dope it's um just justice working at its best the crooked cop that sucks you know what i'm saying because uh, they victimize the criminal justice system victimizes black people, particularly young black men, their targets to the point that the, the broader public beyond law enforcement looks as, at young black men as villains. You know what I'm saying? Even, so I'm, I'm reading a book, We Were Eight Years in Power, and the author talks about this study where they sent out two, um, a white guy and a black guy without criminal, like with a clean record, and a white guy and a black guy and a, and a black guy who went out saying that they have each each have criminal records and to go look for jobs and they found that the white guy with a record was more likely to get a job than the black guy without one you know what i'm saying like that's just to show the villainy with which society sees the black person at least in america so yeah the criminal justice system it just wreaks havoc on on the black community and meek mill even though he's rich now, people probably look at him like he done came up and he's still doing whatever. What what was the violation he did to get um what was the parole violation? Wasn't he like I heard he was riding, riding his motorcycles bike. or something? Yeah, yeah when he, he was in the dirt city, bikes. Right? Yeah. I don't yeah. Was it was it, yeah, I I know you can't ride him without helmets and um or things like that and they do tricks everybody on him too. Everybody know, so. yeah, everybody know how he gave yeah. it up on the bike like how they get down? You yeah, know? but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bike minor infraction. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just insane. So like, that's just how the criminal justice system is, is doing people. Um, remember, I, I told y'all about that, that that um story. Oh, we didn't talk about it on air, but I was telling y'all in background about that story in Vice News about that. Yeah, that, we seen, um, yeah, we seen the. Uh, it was a video, right, that you sent us. Yeah, it was a video I sent y'all. From Vice News about this woman, um, she was I think it was released uh, probably like two three weeks ago. Lady spent uh, about twelve thirteen years in prison. Obama Obama commuted oh, a yeah, lot of yeah, those yeah. people's sentences that had nonviolent mm -hmm. drug offenses, federal drug offenses. Yeah. She was gonna do something like twenty like twenty five years, some something crazy. So she gets released from from prison, and she has a daughter who's about twelve thirteen years old, and she's just trying to get her life together, become a good parent. 
put all that that other stuff behind her, but she just finds it hard to make it out in, in the real world. Like, there ain't nothing tearing people down like the prison system, man. Can't get a job. She got housing, but ain't got kicked out because she was found out to have a record. She had to move about 100 miles away, so she can't really raise her daughter. Her daughter's being raised by her grandma, so it's like she just can't be the person that the world says she should be. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, criminal justice system is tough. And Meek Mill, I think he's just a, right now, a famous, a very famous symbol of how the young black person is really being smashed underneath the 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 strong arm of the law. What I like, what, what we do, and Anish, I know you, you work a lot with kids, um, so I'll let you talk on it in a second, but what I like, what I think... What we do in general is just, you know, with this podcast is we try to talk. We don't know who's listening. It could be kids, young, kids, older, or grown adults, you know what I mean? But we just try to push positivity because what happens with a lot of young kids, and I work with a lot of dudes who, who were locked up, is no one's talking to them when they're young, so they get these offenses when they're super young, and it affects the rest of their lives, you know what I mean? Like, they can't. it affects every, every way they move for the rest of their lives because nobody's taking the interest to talk to them at that young age to be like, yo, you know what I mean? I know that you think that this is the only way because it's all you see, but there's one, the consequences don't make sense. They, they don't even make sense to what you would be making from it. And two, it just, it, it, there is another way. You just have to be exposed to it. You know what I mean? But I'll, I'll let you touch on that, Nisha. No, well, what happens is that, you know, once these crimes or anything is committed or like once you get that rep, you know, we label them. So then it just becomes this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, when you keep, like how you said, we try to speak positivity, like, that energy transfers. So, like, you know, think about it. If you're growing up and all you're hearing is, you know what I'm saying, that you're this and you're that, like, eventually you're going to become that. You're going to start believing that. You know what I mean? And that's that's going to be the only logic and and, and that's going to be the only shit that you really know to, to move or maneuver in such a way. So, like, for me, you know, like you said, with dealing with kids, it's important to – not just to be positive when you speak, but in, you know what I mean, how you live too. You know what I'm saying? Like, just that energy. Like, you can see a kid and not, you know how it go, not say nothing to them and already know how they feeling sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you don't, you don't got to say hi or anything. Sometimes some kids just want to, you know, show, like, just to, you know, recognize that they are there. You know what I mean? To be noticed. Like, I'll just, you know, do a little head nod. You know how we do it. Like, we don't, I don't got to stop and be all up in your face asking mm -hmm. you what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. There's a different language and a different energy. So I'm trying to figure out if I went off on a tangent or what. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah, but as you were saying, that it's important. And it, it, I'm not going to accuse Laura Ingram of this, but people who make comments like that or people who are afraid that Black Panther is going to be a successful film, the stuff behind that, 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 causes that fear is they don't want to see positive images of black people because they know that the youth are seeing that. It's That's powerful. something the youth is not exposed yeah, to. It's, yeah, it's, it's like imagine when the only... Oh, go ahead, my go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, imagine how, like, how... I know for me, like, but, like, if I would have grew up seeing more of that shit on TV, you know what I'm saying? You know how powerful I would be? You know, like, I probably would have asked more questions. Like, I don't know. But either way, like, it's important to see that growing up. And not it's even huge. just imagine it, if President Obama, yeah, it, imagine if Obama was the president during your childhood. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like just seeing Michelle and Obama in office and things like that. It's it exposes it to us. exactly, and it's not not just for the black kids to see. You know the the other black kids on TV. You know what I mean? But it's important for other cultures to see blacks in the same light. You know what I mean? Like on a positive note. Like 
I mean, we really got to mm-hmm. change the narrative around here, and that's that's the biggest thing. There, there's pe- there's people who only see black people on the news. Yeah. Who only see in a negative what the, light. What the news image of them is going to be? Yeah, exactly. There's a one or two people that they'll see, but they'll be like, well, that's that's not the norm. That's the exception. You know what I mean? In their eyes. Yeah. Because it's it, based on their exposure. That is the exception. Yeah. You know what I mean? Based on on popular culture, movies where you saw black people, even. Straight out of Compton, you know what I'm saying? They, there's always like a, a criminal aspect sort of to it. There's always something to it where they got to come out from that or they got to move Man. out from that. And it's just like you can be superheroes. You can be sci- can. scientists, like hidden figures. You can be things like that. They just don't – those stories have to be told. Yeah. They have to be shown. But see, the the other – the flip side to me is like with telling those stories is like look at the different actors. You know what I'm saying? Like when I've watched their interviews and everything, like – like, with the Black Panther cast, like, watching some of their interviews, like, mm-hmm. they were into it. You know what I'm saying? The energy, like, Keith, did you get a chance to see any of the interviews on any of the actors? Nah, I didn't really see any, nah, I didn't really see any of the interviews. Yeah, even the little clips I even seen I on see, I on seen Instagram. a couple of them. Yeah, but you see, like, they see. they talk, the way they were talking about the film, right, bro? Like, it was just this whole energy. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, snap. Like, and they were- They all they had ownership of it. Yeah. Exactly. You know they felt saying? like like they as if they were producers of it, as if they were part of the process rather than just being used you know, as pawns a, as, to yeah, act as to do promo. This. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, heard um, reports of um, like at the the release party for the movie, they the invitation said like dress like in like a royalty theme or something to that effect, and people wore like um, legit African African inspired. Hey, I seen you know, suits like all, all like just decked yeah. out in these in these African African designs, like it was insane. So yeah, the print was crazy. Yeah, they definitely took ownership of what this movie would mean to the to the culture. Man, I, now like, uh, that's, that's... did y'all see? Um, they were talking about the guy Daniel. How you say his last name? K- Kaluya. Uh, oh, 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 Kaluya. Oh, Kalu- oh yeah, Kaluya. Yeah. that's the guy from um from Get Out. But he had uh, mentioned something about saying uh, in an interview. Americans don't Daniel know Kaluuya. what's going on. Yeah, Americans don't know what's going on outside of America. Like, do y'all feel like that? What What was he trying to say with that? Because I, I didn't see the rest of the article. I did see the headline, but I didn't. What What was he trying to go with that? Like, did you peep that? Um. Well, what What made him What made him want to say that comment? All right, let me pull up the article. Um. Oh, so they were on a panel. Okay. And they were um. A panel discussion, and they said that Jordan Peele was hesitant to. They're like, you know, they basically asked them like, Jordan, her Jordan Peele was was hesitant to, to um, cast you for Get Out because you were British and not American, and I uh, and the subtext I guess is because you don't necessarily know the African American struggle and what we're trying to put through in this film. So then that's when he had the response like, um, yeah. I think in America they don't really know stuff which happens outside of America. Then, Uh-oh. so and okay. then he went on to pretty much say that um, you guys don't know the Black British experience, which they is true, can, right? Very, yeah. So very yeah, true. so I mean, I definitely agree with that as far as just not knowing. Like we live in yeah. our own world. Like I barely, I didn't even know what was going on outside of Brooklyn as a youth, as an adult. I barely knew what was going on outside of New York. Now I know a little bit what's going on. Like I, I read and stuff, so I might know a little bit of history and different countries and what they mean to us. And on TV, they have a lot of access to international news. But um, I mean, honestly, outside of war and things getting bombed out, I don't really know what's going on in other parts of the world. Yeah. 
I, I feel you like stay yeah. Vocal. What's going on here? Exactly. I feel like we're wild, like <laughs> self-absorbed. You know what I'm saying? Like we we don't. Pay it's true, but not even attention. not even like a bad thing. Because yeah. I, I I don't I think the same I think when the reason Jordan Peele made that comment was because they have the same thing to us. You know what I'm saying? Like we we feel like we're the center of the universe, but they might not be paying attention to what we're doing as a black culture in in you know what I'm saying the UK and different parts of the uh, the world. So, but they're I more aware though, in as far as um. The consciousness of the people on this globe. I think yeah. America is in, in in the center of that. But you, whether you know about it a little or know about it a lot, like you know something about it. Like yeah, to the point yeah, exactly. where people people who don't even speak English know entire Michael Jackson songs. Mm-hmm. So no, 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 it's very true, like that. But um, but bro, like maybe they might not understand what the Black Lives Matter movement's about. You know what I'm saying? Because it's mm-hmm. it's too specific. They might it might not exist in their country. Something like that. You know what I mean? Or um. Just, just, you know what I mean? Or even why LeBron, the LeBron comments are so offensive. You know what I mean? That, that might not come across maybe necessarily to somebody from another con- um, country. Right. And I, but I don't, I don't think we should be faulted for that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, you you know, as individuals, you, you should take it upon yourself to want to look beyond your the, your own little corner of the world. But um, I think we're all guilty. We're all guilty of that. Um, this week, the at the I, I seen something that made me think of an article that I read, um, it was the, with the Florida House of Representatives. We all know about the tragic school shooting that happened in Florida, um, and, and what's coming from that is are a lot of protests of uh, high school students and even younger than that, just showing their 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 demand, I should say, to want to have assault rifle bans, things like that. Um, what happened in the Florida House of Representatives was um, they just wanted to have a discussion of whether there should be a gun control uh, debate, even, and it was voted down. Um, by the House of Representatives, they, they weren't even open to having that conversation. Um, but the the thing that stuck out to me in that article was that same day they declared that pornography is a health risk, that children are being exposed to it at you know a young age, and that it it could cause uh just terrible morals, um, sexual deviancy, uh, things along that nature, which is like, I don't know, you you it's it's funny to me because porn's been around since the beginning of time. But you're not you're not even willing to have a conversation about the assault rifle bans that are killing multiple people and, and things like that. But I, we won't even get into that because that's a whole debate within itself. But what it, it, it made me think of was an um, article I read a few weeks ago. It was in the New York Times uh, magazine, and it was about um, a porn literacy course that they have at at, at school. Um, and what basically what they what they'll teach. Uh, I want to say high school students. I don't I just want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. Yeah, it's a uh, it's high school students, um, but they're trying to get it into other other uh, schools as well. Um, I guess maybe I don't know if they want to go younger because it might be too much to go younger. But basically, just really just talking about porn and because um, they know that a lot of children are learning just everything about sex from porn. Um, and just based off of studies, they're watching it at younger and younger ages. Um, what you see now with the statistics are that a lot of people are watching porn on their phone um and a lot of kids don't have their phones i guess with parental locks on them and things like that so they, they'll use their phone to check it out um things like that but just how do you feel i guess um you guys don't have kids or anything like that now but even in the future if you you might have one how do you feel about at least you work in schools how do you feel about porn being taught porn literacy i should say being taught um to 14 to 18 year old kids you think I mean, it's positive? You think that would lead to uh, 
better sexual intelligence, um, awareness, or do you think that could cause a problem? Like, what would it entail, though? You know what I mean? So what what would you have it entail? What do you yeah. think it should entail? It would well first. Do you think they should have it? Whatever, um, porn literacy is defined as, and if you think they should have it, what kind of things you think is important? Uh, well, one, I wouldn't call it porn literacy. Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, just as far as like a lot of kids having sex and doing all this other shit. I mean, what's real is we're not having like conversation is kind of missing because we can find everything on the phones. You know what I'm saying? And like, there's a lack of communication. Some kids don't even know how to properly have, like, a conversation with you. You know, like, they about don't... Sex? I mean, about sex, about anything. So, it's just like... Period. Period, they, yeah. they just don't know how to engage. Yeah, yeah. engage. Like, it's it's crazy how much they they really don't. That's just like I was... um One thing I learned, too, with students now is um you get a lot of the kids who, when you talk to them, they don't even look you in your eye. Because they're so used to, you know what I'm saying, being in class and then they drop their phone, they drop their head, look at their phone and all that. So I'm like, yo, like, look at me real quick, you know? Like, I just need to know you with look, me on this. Look me in my eye, yeah, boy. Yeah, like, look at me real quick. <laughs> so I know y'all all, and then I'll wait for everybody, you know what I mean, before I talk again if it's like a, a large class. But, you know, I just, there need, there definitely needs to be um, sex ed in general as far as, Porn well, literacy? This, this might help you answer. Uh-huh. This might help you answer the question. I'll, I'll explain. I'll answer your question that you had about what it entails. Um, basically, porn literacy uh, aims to make them savvier, more critical consumers of porn, <laughs> examining how gender, sexuality, aggression, consent, race, relationship, and body images, um, or in the case of oh, sorry, body images are portrayed, or in the case of consent, not portrayed in in porn. Um, I guess what they were saying is that a lot of, in the article, uh, you'll see that a lot of the, the males that they spoke to, they'll say, well, girls, girls like it rough. Girls yeah, like the guys like who's sexually, yeah, yeah sexually aggressive, exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And one uh, student pointed out a, a porn that, I guess there were two guys in the video and one guy was more sensitive. He was looking to, uh, I guess, romanticize the girl and she went for the guy who, who just wanted to knock it out the park. So, mm-hmm. um it's just trying to show, like, like I guess what their their aim is, like, hey, okay, this is entertainment, you know what I'm saying? This is fantasy, but you can't necessarily base your real-life expectations off of, oh, she chose that guy in the yeah. porn, you know what I'm saying? So you have to behave like that. And I think that's what they're aiming to do um, and things like that. Another another theme you've seen that was big within the article were girls and their views on facials. And these are high school girls uh, with, with letting a guy ejaculate on their face. You know what I'm saying? Some of them... They do it out of pressure. I guess you call it peer pressure. A guy is telling them, hell, hey, this girl did it when I messed with her, and this girl did it when I messed with her. And then she sees it on porn being the 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 end of every porno. You know what I'm saying? Some girls kind of feel like they're forced into it as well. Mm. Um, so just stuff like that, I guess they aim to, they aim to you know, you have a choice. You have a consent. You don't have to do anything you don't feel comfortable about. Um, just Yeah, so I guess to answer the question, yeah, to, to, to reiterate the question, knowing that, do you think that's something that you would want in your schools that you work in, or you think that that your kids are will gain positive uh, effects from that? I think I, I think I will have a sex ed class. I've been saying that, but that deals with like just like something where kids can feel free to talk about things. You know what I mean? And like um, like just even better hygiene. You know, all these different things that can help them out. So not necessarily like 
uh, porn. You know, like that just sounds that's that's a lot. But I would tell her that down. Would you would you discuss would you discuss porn in your sex ed class? If a kid asks me about it, I'm, I would discuss mm-hmm. what what a kid asks me about. Because that shows me that he's not the only one or she's not the only one thinking about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that, Meaning that, that you don't need to... Are you saying that you don't need to be proactive with porn? Like, you don't need to get ahead of it? You just... You, you would be reactive, meaning that, like, you would wait till a kid asks you about the porn. Then you think it's, it's at that moment it would be worthy to discuss it. Yeah, I mean, even if you made it... Even if you made something that touched about it like you know knowing the statistics and making people aware of like if there is a like solid cases with like you know um the evidence that's provided like if it shows like negative effects and negative results if you do this from watching whatever either way if that if we bring that into play then yeah like i would educate them on it you know what i'm saying and and move like that but nah i wouldn't just have a class that's just like talking about porn and shit like that like that's like that's pushing it that's that's bad like that's just pushing it you know what i mean that's encouraging them to me that's how i'm I not gonna it. i'm gonna let keith answer the question in one second but as a father i'm not gonna lie i don't think i necessarily want to be at the golf course and we're talking about what our kids are learning in school and i'm like oh yeah you know uh my daughter just started a porn literacy class yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying i think that it sounds so wild but that's the problem with our society no one wants to talk about things like that no one wants to be the guy who's oh did you hear Jimmy's daughter's taking porn literacy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my daughter would never take a class like that. And that's based on the statistics of of what the, you know what I'm saying, what they wanted to say that, uh, sorry, the Florida House of Representatives voting that porn's a health risk based on the, the numbers that 93% of um, male college students and 62% of female college students say that they viewed online porn before they were 18. It, it kind of is like, well, they're using porn as sex ed. You know what I mean? So that's why I think this this but, course and we used to have that. But that's what I'm saying too. Like we used to we used to have different things that were in either your after school program or as a part of like health class. You know what I'm saying? Like we dealt with. But they covered diseases. Nah, but they covered diseases. Nah. They didn't really cover Yo. consent. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But mine's didn't cover. I should say. Yeah, he said, mom, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Pilkin went to public school, so that nigga, he, you know, quality of his classes weren't up to par. I'm playing. Now, what I will say is, they definitely didn't discuss consent. You know what I mean? Which, which, we're we're prisoners of the moment. That consent is an issue now. But when I was in school, it it, it was an issue, but it wasn't it, me being pushed by the media. You know what I mean? It wasn't at the forefront. But it, not to get away from the question, I'll let Keith answer. I'm I'm for it if it's a health risk. So my question to you, because you just mentioned that you wouldn't want to be on a golf course and telling your your coworkers that your your kid is taking a porn class, it, and you also mentioned that there's a level of like there's a lot of things we don't talk about because of an element of shame in our society. So are you saying that you're somewhat subject to it? Um, I'm saying if my daughter took the class, I probably wouldn't talk about it on the golf course because of shame. <laughs> is it because of shame? Yeah, because of uh, I don't so know all kinds of the right. Huh? I don't know if shame's the word I would use. I'd say more so misinterpretation. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want him to. I use the word porn literacy, and niche first thing he said was I wouldn't name the class that. You know what I'm saying? So it, by le- it leads it up to interpretation, kind of like like whoa, porn. Your daughter's in porn literacy. But if she told me what the course was about, and I was able to like read the syllabus yeah. and be like, it was something she had to sign up for. I don't necessarily think it's something. Yeah, that's what I'm I'd saying. If someone against. was against. Wait, if but if, I guess my question is that yourself? we're all we're Strictly all porn? victims to. Oh my fault. Oh, I was just saying we're all victims to to. I mean, you may not call it shame, but I, I guess to 
victims of being conscious well, of pri- how people privacy. are perceiving us. Yeah, yeah. You kind of want to keep your, your sexual stuff private. You don't want it to be left to judgment. Um, you don't want to your- well, yeah. So, all right. So, we don't want to be subject to other people's judgment is what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we all... To answer your question, if it would, am I for that? If my daughter told me there's a class like that, and um, like I said, I would, I wouldn't be like, no, you can't take that class. Like I said, but I don't, I don't think I would necessarily talk about it with my friends, and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something that I keep, I think I'd hold close to the vest, cause it's not for me, it's not my information, but I think she, she can benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Cause gotcha. it's conversations that I don't know if I'd feel comfortable having with her, and I'd rather her have these conversations than go out and making mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, I, gotcha. I I'm 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 pro getting away from the shame from from sex that we have mm-hmm. in this country. Like I think that's what causes a lot of problems. So gotcha. like and and I'm not gonna say and pretend like like porn is something that the 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 uh, minority does. It's it's a pretty widespread thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think that it's being it, it's important for at least um a sense of literacy to to come into because I wasn't exposed to porn at at 10 years old, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't exposed to it at 11 years old. Had I been, that might have fucked some things up for me, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, yeah. or maybe not, who knows? They don't They don't really have the studies on them, but I think I was at a, a, a mature enough level when I when I was, when I first discovered porn and definitely when I was a fan of it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the Christopher a, Columbus of porno. <laughs> <laughs> mature, mature enough to know this is fantasy and this isn't reality. And I don't know if everybody's able to make that, uh, to, to make that separation. Yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, I'm totally for it. Um, I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago, probably not. I'm like, I don't know if we're there yet. We're definitely there. The the level to which we have access of porn and the variety and volume and just all these and, and these different weird scenarios, like we, I think we're at a point now. So, like, people would talk about, you know, Hip hop is it affecting kids and and making them violent or or, or action movies or whatever? These things have like a, a high level of, of fantasy to it. I guess hip hop is a bit more realistic, but porno is so accessible effect, to, that you you start re- creating your own reality. What were you about to say? No, no, say hip hop to to a certain extent is definitely yeah to some extent uh, uh, an extent that's probably a bit more than than movies. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you have a dude who might have sold drugs in 2005 rapping about it in 2018 as if he's still doing it knowing full well he's not still doing it. you know what i mean Take something like that right well there's there's a few hip-hop artists who might have been selling selling crack in 1999 and they're they drop an album in 1999 you know what i'm saying but exactly yeah, yeah. in either case porn the volume of it it becomes reality because clearly it's for the most part it's fantasy you know what i'm saying but then to some to to at some point, it becomes reality when you keep watching it and watching it and watching it, and it's rewiring your brain. You know, what I'm saying? like every time you watch it, it's just rewiring, rewiring. Before, when porno wasn't so common, like it was rewiring your brain, but like in such small doses, like you could still maintain like a healthy existence. But now you have to be careful; like it could literally be injurious. So. The I think that the Florida House of Representatives was, was right, but they were extremely untimely because that and on the same day that they, they were wrong for voting down the gun bill just to have discourse on it, then they voted a resolution in this like in this in the same almost the same breath to say a resolution that porn is a, a public health risk. When 
when porn hasn't, to my knowledge, hasn't killed anybody. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> guns have killed. Yeah. Well, who who knows? Mm-hmm. But guns have killed lots of people. So that that's the sad part about it. But in on the subject of porn itself, definitely kids need to be educated on it. I think just the way that let's say AIDS. A lot of kids weren't catching AIDS, but a lot of kids are learning about it in school. So it helped lower the numbers. It helped lower the numbers as those kids become adults. Now, porn, we want kids to have healthy relationships. Nish mentioned earlier that they're having problems being social because of their phones. Like, we don't want porn to be like an extra thing. I think phones by themselves cause a social issue, but mm-hmm. porn adds another level that could really make people unproductive going forward in our future. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, that's, that's true yeah. too. Porn could be dangerous in the effect of just you you might you know what i'm saying this is a specific example but it might be like well rather than talk to that girl you're like fuck it i'm just go home and watch porn you know what i'm saying so you feel like hey uh rather than before you'd be like yo i want to bag the girl i want to experience the girl now you're like oh i want to experience the fantasy and to what key's point your fantasy now becomes your reality but wait i, um, I always hear some of the homies say like man i ain't worried about her i'd rather go home and beat my own meat <laughs> Like, yeah, they put it in rap songs and comedians <laughs> say it and everything. It, it, well, yeah, it used to be yeah. a joke, but now it's so real. That's the thing. Because it's so accessible now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's literally everywhere. Like, it's, it's. I remember one of the first things I noticed about Pornhub, that, and this is years ago when, when I first discovered it. Oh, he's giving it never his asked insiders. You Christopher Columbus, man. He <laughs> he's giving his insider <laughs> tips. <laughs> y'all, 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 if, y'all, everyone's been on the site. If, if, if Correct me if I'm wrong. Not everyone. It never, it never asks you if you're 18 or older. You know, like how... Before, like older porn sites would be like, "Are you eighteen or older?" And you had to lie, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like Pornhub was like, "Nah, we're not even doing all that." Like, fuck it, you know. So I can't remember if maybe the first time I did it, and I don't think so. I don't think Pornhub ever had a a a, a, back a in firewall the, or whatever. Back in the Pornhub yeah. database, the no, the beta uh shit. I think beta they run did. I mean, I might be mistaken, but I think they did. And like, but I was thinking like, so maybe like the cookies are just saved in your computer and it knows that, but I've had multiple computers since Pornhub's been out and I don't, I can't say that I've hit that. <laughs> yo, but wait. He discovered so much. He's like, yo, on every computer, I like to christen that joint. <laughs> right out the box. Like, first I... Wait, though, do y'all, do y'all ever watch porn and then, and then delete it out your history? Everyone does that. Yeah, shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to answer that, but I will say... Porn, as far as the whole fantasy yes. thing, there's that whole, there's that whole. Um, I've heard stories of people as you go on and on experiencing porn over over time, you just start searching for weirder and weirder and, and weirder and weirder. Well, I don't want to say weird to put a stigma on anyone in there. Yeah, yeah. And if you know their fetishes or their preferences, mm-hmm. but you just get into more, uh, I guess, exotic forms of porn or exotic categories of pornography so it's just not basic it's a gateway yeah for sure i mean i i I can't imagine what a young person like a teenager now how they what's their entry way into pornography but i know like we're probably in the last generation who who stumbles upon their dad's stash you know what i'm saying i had the vhs tape on mistake well to answer to answer Nisha's question, the new version of stumbling on your dad's stash is your dad not deleting his internet history, and then you type in <laughs> P, <laughs> and the shit just auto auto fills it in for you. Or going through some pictures that um, you shouldn't have went through. You know what I'm saying? It, exactly. Yeah. But um, to answer your question too, the the according to statistics of Pornhub, they say most people use it on their phone, 
which is kind of nasty if you ever borrow somebody's phone or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it's just, like, <laughs> it's just it, and to, to Keith's point about the weirdness too. Um, when we were introduced, I, I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but like my first point was like, dude shows up to fix lady's sink. Ends up piping it out music, before he leaves, you know. Trash music. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that storyline was out Universal. of this world. Yeah, that was like, oh my gosh, that happens. Like, <laughs> is that what is that what happens? The plumbers show up, but then it's like that was like quote unquote normal. But now it's like stepmom fuck stepson, uh, father trades daughter and daughter swap. I'm like, so I I think you need literacy more than ever now because now a 13 year old, 12 year old kid watching, I was like, what the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, that's true. Here? That's true. That, now, see, I ain't even look at it from a um from a view like that because there there's definitely a lot of outrageous um <clears throat> shit out there. So it's like, yo, that could be people could be thinking that you know molestation is okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yep. incest porn they say is huge nowadays. Um, the dude videotaping his wife fucking some like big black dude is huge right now. Like that that could confuse. Yeah, that could confuses just kids. Maybe the Institute of Marriage, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm not going to say it's 100% going to confuse a kid watching that, but yeah. the possibility is there, you know what I'm saying? A dude might think, hey, if I can't satisfy my wife, maybe I got to pay some dude on Craigslist to do it, you know what I'm saying? Which is, is I'm not going to say it's, if to each his own, but you know what I'm saying? There should be a certain level of, like I said, education behind it or literacy. Like, hey, this is fantasy. This isn't, <laughs> you can't uh, apply everything you see here to your real life. An interesting movie about how the family... Um, deals with the internet and and has an element of porn in it is this movie called Men, Women, and Children. It's from 2014. It's with Adam Sandler. But you just mentioned the whole uh, the black guy and the cuckolding and stuff. You mentioned that it, it could, you know, instill some some of these perceptions of the world in people. It could also perpetuate stuff. So when we think about cuckolding, it's really popular to have the 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 black guy the black guy in it. And perpetuating that that thing of the black man being some kind of sexual beast or something like that. Yeah. If you look at the titles like, of of sex inter- slave kind of. Yep. Right. They have some the 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 titles of porns uh, that feature black men in it, particularly when it's interracial uh, sex. It's always so violent. Yeah, it's very violent and these aggressive names and animalistic names like you know beasting it out or it's BBC, just very bbc rams little yeah <laughs> yes yes good example like yeah. bbc rams or destroys or tears apart or uh, bbc bull breaks. right rips the pussy apart like it's just i'm just speculating here I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are from my reports <laughs> read an article here um <laughs> No, no, and it's something that we you brought up a good point just now, Keith, and we had this in the uh, the pre-show discussion where it's like porn is getting weirder, but is that making people weirder or is are people just getting weird throughout time and porn's trying to keep up with the demand of weirdness <laughs> in terms of their their fetishes, how how weird the porn is getting, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like is it having an effect on us or are we having an effect on it? Is is too much porn consumption causing the me the Me Too movement to be where it's at right now because a dude that watches too much porn doesn't know how to behave in the workplace. You know what I'm saying? These are all questions that, that need to be examined or because we're the guinea pigs of this experiment. We're the first oh, generation exposed to this much porn. You know what I mean? And it could be dangerous. No, that's a fact. Yeah. I, um, no, I, I don't think it's a cause. However, I think it's it's this this vicious cycle, this perpetual cycle of you know, people 
initially when you think about prostitution, it was just following or capitalizing on on people's perverse appetites. Now, you know, you got porn, the, the, the film came out, and then people were able to put that kind of stuff on camera. They have live shows. In fact, you could go to Europe. Well, I'm sure somewhere in America you could watch a live show, but in Europe, they're quite popular. And in Asia, in certain parts of Asia, too, you could go catch a live show, a live sex show. But now you got porn, and, and then people's appetites became more, I would say, creative. And then more and more things started coming out. You know, then also they have sex parties and stuff like that, just aside from media entertainment but as far as like video so it's just keeping up with the appetite but then as the porn comes out people's appetite people's appetite they become inspired by what's going on in the porn but porn was inspired by some i'll call them creative people you know what i'm saying so it's a cycle that you, yeah, wa- you watch it you get weird but then they, you you're weird so now they need to make something for you for your appetite but then you watch it and it's just weird this cycle of weirdness or creativity. And I don't want to call people weird, yeah, because we say weird, it has a negative context. But if you think about it, experiencing a, a prostitute or a stripper is a, a, a two-person experience. It's almost like a dialogue, sort of. They're, they're doing something for you. But now, it's porn. You can experience that in a room by yourself. You can really open up to how whatever your fantasies want to go to, to how far or quote-unquote creative or weird, whatever word you want to use, that you want to get with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it opens up a whole new place. But it's just like I said, one, it could be dangerous, and two... It, it could lead to addiction. Yeah, like I, I, feel, I, I feel like part of the reason too, like not for nothing. I know if if I wanna like, there's been times where I did have questions. You know what I'm saying? And I speak to some uh, some people. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that too, I will go look. Like if I heard about a position, I'm gonna type that in. I want to know what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to see it. So it's like some of these kids aren't being sexually educated. You know, and they don't like you said that. That dialogue that can happen, it, it makes people feel like they're judging you. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you're scared to ask that question, or you know what I mean, or to to communicate with someone in general. And it's just, it's a cycle, man. Like you said. On an early episode, Keith said that comedians are like the great philosophers in our society, and it's true because um, I remember I was in college and Tracy Morgan. I went to go see a stand-up, and he was like, um, you know, but people have sex in porn. It always looks mad cool. He's like, but whenever I have sex, it looks like this. And he laid down flat on his stomach and was, like, holding himself up with his forearms. And it's like, I really thought about that before he made that joke. I was like, yo, am I the, how come I, not, I, don't, I don't look like the motherfuckers in the porn doing the shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of the, the position and everything like that, because that's not real. You know what I'm saying? It's, and I was like, oh, okay. Once you hear somebody else say something about a sexual light, you're like, oh, I have those questions, too. Oh, I had those concerns, yeah. too. It's like, oh, okay. I'm it's not natural. the only one. It's natural. Yep. And yeah. it feels good to know you're not the only one. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that right there, my friends, is episode 24. And we, we found a way to sneak porn into a lot of episodes in this 24 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher but, uh, Columbus of porn. <laughs> Make that I'm landing title. on Plymouth Rock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> porn yeah, Plymouth Rock man. over here. Man. Plymouth Rock landed on porn. <laughs> <laughs> that's, some, that's some real shit. But yeah, porn is, porn is here to stay. It ain't going nowhere. So we need to learn more about it. But um, if we are also here to stay, Perfect Talk Podcast, we ain't going nowhere. So if you want to check us out on Instagram, check us out at Perfect Talk Radio. I go by the name of DJ Playboy. If you want to find me on Instagram, go to at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-E-Z-Y. And just out of curiosity, if I wanted to find AO Niche online, what would I type in? 
What, what, what website would I go to? What do, how do we do this? Well, well, you wouldn't go to Pornhub. I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nah. In the, in the comments section. Word, right? <laughs> That'd be me with the thumbs up. Um, nah. Uh, <laughs> Ayo Niche. A-Y-O-N-I-S-H. Um, on everything. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Check her out on there. Homeboy Keith, man, if we want to find you on uh, the World Wide Web, where would we find you at, buddy? Uh, you find me on Pornhub.com slash nah. He is on <laughs> there. <laughs> nah, you can find me on Instagram, me and my underscore 35. You know what time it is. Check it out. Check it out, man. Uh, anybody out there, go enjoy your day. Get no time. It's porn time right now. Man. Go out there. Uh... <laughs> oh, you can catch me on Goodreads also. You can find me on Goodreads. I'm not sure what my name is on that, but. Is that a, oh, that's what? like a community. I remember you telling me that, about that. Yeah, it's a social media for for um for book readers. Yeah. Oh, in this article too, there's like this website where like matures. So if you want to like pick up a, a woman that's fifty years old or something like that, they got websites out there like that. And I, I thought those were fake. I seen them before. The ads for them. You I mean a dating fake. site or? Yeah, like the woman in the article. She was like the point of why they put her in there. Um, was like, well, she she. I guess it's it's for older women if they want to have sex with younger men, and she's like she always has to like reteach, uh, twenty year old men, uh, the difference between reality and what they discovered from porn because they, they see like maybe mature porn and think that it's gonna go down a certain way, and she's like, nah, it ain't happening like that. But just it's speaking of communities and social networking out there, it's crazy the amount of shit that they have out there. So be careful, get some porn literacy in your life, and uh, are you connecting mature porn to Goodreads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? I'm done. I'm done with y'all. Wow. All right. Well, take it easy, y'all. <laughs> Episode 24. Say goodbye to the people, y'all. Peace. Peace.